Welcome to Urban Principal, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. Good evening and welcome to another podcast. And last time we started talking about positive behavior intervention supports and multi-tiered systems of support for behavior. And we are going to continue that tonight. I'm going to continue to give maybe a kind of a broad overview, I think, because there's so much information in this area. And then in other podcasts, maybe start narrowing it down to some of the specifics and tools and techniques and things that you can actually do within your buildings, because there's just so much stuff here. And we started building kind of the groundwork last time and building why you do positive behavior supports. And I told you about my first building that was uh, high poverty you know, 90% free and reduced lunch, and we had a lot of needs for the area. We had a lot of risk factors. Uh, my first year as principal, I told you we had 256 suspensions, and we had an assembly line uh, system that was not working because we needed to keep the kids in school so that we could actually raise test scores and raise achievement. And I don't remember if I actually told you that we did bring that down by the end of uh, getting into that grant for the Nebraska State Improvement our school improvement grant, we actually brought that down to about in the 40s, the low 40s, I think it was like 42 is what we brought our suspensions down to. And those uh, 42 that we had were kids that we were working intensely with that had specific plans and action plans and everything from IEPs to behavior assessment plans and ways to help them succeed in school. And they would still vary once in a while, but they were kind of that, um, as George Sagai called them, that wolf pack, that top of the pyramid that we had to continue to work with and reinforce the behaviors that we wanted with. But for the most part, we dropped it immensely and uh, saw a huge drop in sus- uh, suspensions and referrals and just an increase in behavior and positive behavior for sure. And one of the things was building the groundwork and the philosophy and we talked about that last time with staff and building in uh, why you need to be doing this and um, kind of building that philosophy this is you know the vision for us keeping kids in school and helping kids succeed in school no matter where they come from and who they are and what culture they are and what background they have and and so on and building that that um, reteaching that reteaching mindset throughout your whole building and I found something by Herner and it was uh, written in 1998 it says a child who can't behave if a child doesn't know how to read we teach if a child doesn't know how to swim we teach if a child doesn't know how to multiply we teach if a child doesn't know how to drive we teach if a child doesn't know how to behave we teach or we punish so that's a good question because we really should be teaching and it should be a reteaching moment And remember when we talked about our pyramid of supports for behavior and we talked about our first tier and our second tier and our third tier and the first tier were that bottom, that was the bottom of the pyramid, that bigger, larger group, that universal group of your school. And those, you can kind of provide your guidelines and some universal supports that'll work generally really well for this group overall. And then that middle of the line group, that tier two group, they're gonna need a little more targeted supports and maybe more specific uh, supports to succeed in school. And then that tier three are gonna be that intense group that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast tonight. So that tier three group. And one way to look at this too is start thinking of your behavior in terms of uh, instruction. 
because when you look at a pyramid just like this for instruction, we uh, talk about our tier one, tier two, and tier three kids and how much support they need in reading or math. They're in a lot of different areas in academics, but you need to think of behavior in terms of instruction because behavior isn't something that's all separate from your instruction. It is part of your instruction. And as your uh, behavior improves, your instruction goes up, but behavior is uh, something that needs to be taught just like every other subject. And we talked about that last time too. Remember Eric Jensen and Ruby Payne, don't expect kids to know what they don't know and they haven't been taught. So you need to teach those things. And as we developed as a school, um, my first school, we developed you know, our, our beliefs, our vision and our mission and uh, even ended up having a vision for our, and a mission for our, uh, uh, mission for our safe schools team as well as our just regular mission for the building and a, a vision for the building. But that's kind of became the base of our, our overall giant pyramid of supports as a school. And then going up from that, we had our positive and proactive philosophy and how we work with kids and how we're going to help them succeed and the things that we're going to do to help them succeed. And then within the top of that section, we had uh, guiding principles, and that was our guidelines for success which are basically you, what you would consider your rules for the building are be respectful, be responsible, and be safe is what we selected originally uh, for my first school, and that continued. Uh, we still selected that for the focus school at for, for Underwood and Wilson, and um, the three Bs became pretty powerful. And at one point at the higher poverty building I was at, we used, uh, we used the three Bs, but then we actually dropped two of the other Bs and just used to be respectful as pretty much an overall for the building because we thought all the, the problems that we were having around the building stem from respect. You're either respecting, not respecting another student or it's a fight that's coming out of not being respectful or it's words that are being said that are not respectful. So there were a lot of things that you could relate to that one area of just being respectful. And then we could build a lot of our character development around that and a lot of pieces that could kind of fit for the needs of our building. So you gotta kind of look at that. But up from those guiding principles, then we had a whole matrix of supports for the kids. Um, we did um, everything like uh, No Place for Hate. That was actually added at the, as the focus school, we added the No Place for Hate uh, initiatives from the ADL and that became a really good and a strong partnership for understanding other cultures and, other, and each other basically. Uh, common sense media for how to use technology and how to use uh, uh, online resources and and um, websites correctly and um, anti-bullying uh, through social media and so on and and classroom procedures and routines a very strong piece of your positive behavior supports and then classroom expectations guidelines uh, social skills curriculum, common areas, expectations and guidelines. And we even had uh, bus groups because um, we had so many kids that rode the buses that was added into our uh, system of supports for the focus program because we had so many buses. And then common area procedures are in there as well. And then some of the universal skills that we wanted all of the kids to learn and all the teachers to be responsible for uh, maintaining throughout the building and then uh, up from that we had of course a pack room which was our positive action center which was used as kind of a timeout break area and those aren't 
in all districts. Some some districts have those in their different names and uh, similar to a safe seat um, outside of the room. We also used uh, regular office referrals. Our referral was set up so that it had a a functional behavior assessment type system so that we were gathering data on our students so we knew exactly the time of day if it was in a special if it was in a transition um, if they were trying to get attention I'll have to read uh, from one of the referrals that we designed at some point too so you could kind of get an idea of the information that we gathered because a lot of that information then could be um, looked at and we could look at trends in the data for behavior and then we could address it as school teams and see what we needed to do. And it would also show us hot spots or things that we needed to work on as a building. So that was uh, something built into our referral. So it wasn't just a way to send a student to the office. It was actually helping us to gather data around that student and why they were behaving the way they were behaving and what was causing it. And like I guess had a lot of data just around the referral itself and the instance. Uh, we did a lot of uh, bullying prevention uh, that which also kind of went with the No Place for Hate and other resources from the counselor and um, outside assemblies and people that we brought in that reinforced some of the concepts that we were doing. We used Love and Logic. Uh, Jim Fay has some great stuff and you know Love and Logic is a great tool for staff to start building relationships with the kids and also taking some taking some of the ownership so it's not uh, pointing it so much at the kids. Uh, I, I'll give you some examples of that in uh, maybe future episodes, and we'll talk about those a lot more because there's some pieces of uh, love and logic that are very strong that you can use with students. Um, and an example would be like uh, saying, I, I call on students who raise their hands. Instead of jumping on the kids, you could say that to them. And then they get the idea that, oh, okay, that's the way this works. This is then you're not calling any single student out and that kind of falls into some of the de-escalation de techniques and um, stuff like that will probably be another episode too. And then there's of course crisis plans and now we have everything from evacuation plans to fire drills and tornado drills and lockdown drills and intruder drills and those go on and on. Now we're doing a lot of drills for a lot of different reasons depending on where you're at. And now we're going to be having a probably different precautions for COVID. So that'll be built into your systems like schools are preparing right now. Another resource we used was Waging Peace. Uh, that was a good uh, resource for developing. It was kind of lessons based around uh, anti-bullying and understanding one another. And a lot of problem solving was based uh, in those uh, that guide, that Waging Peace. And then we had a, a pretty strong system of consequences and reinforcers because you want to build um, a lot of positives into what you're doing too and reasons for doing the things that you're doing and you got to be looking for the good at all times because you definitely get what you look for and acknowledging those positives uh, we did pride powers every Friday and pride powers were given to kids throughout the week and then every Friday we'd call on uh, five students from each grade level and when I had the pre-k all the way up to sixth grade we had a lot of kids then on a Friday, we'd be giving you know a lot of prizes out, and and we had little trinkets and stuff that we gave them. But the biggest goal there was getting out books, so we got a lot of free books that we gave to kids and uh, sent home, and that was a freebie. They had to take that with their other freebies, so that they took books home and getting more books into their hands and increasing the availability of reading materials was a huge goal, and I did that all the way through uh, 
every school I was at, I continued to do that. That was a, a great way to get books in their hands. And then tra training and uh, building a staff capacity. And that's a huge area because staff needs a lot of support in a lot of the areas and they have to understand a lot of the areas that you're working on and understand what it means. And you have to have school-wide systems that are specific setting systems and classroom systems and ind individual student support systems. And then we even add uh, 40 developmental assets and character education that we use too. Um, there's everything from character counts where you can uh, supplement your positive behavior supports with character traits and and building the development of character and depends on the needs of your building. I had a lot of needs in my first building for social skills so we were doing um, a lot of social skills training and giving the kids the tools that they needed to succeed in that environment and to succeed in society for that matter. And then 40 developmental assets we use from the Search Institute and we'll probably talk about that again at another time. Um, but there's 40 developmental assets that students need to succeed in school and most kids don't even come to school with those assets, let alone um, have them available even outside of school. So how are they getting those um, needs met? So there's a lot of ways you can do that as a building because there's basically the target is the kids should have 31 of those 40 developmental assets and the average is usually about, I think it was 18.6 and that is in a quote normal average building so when you're talking more of a high needs building or a higher free or reduced lunch building or a higher poverty area you're going to actually have more of those needs that you're going to have to fill for the kids so there's a lot of things uh, to build in through those positive behavior supports and we got a lot of areas that we can talk about for sure in the future and there's just a lot to build there's great information out there i was telling you that last time there's a lot of great information on positive behavior intervention supports i am totally sold on building supports for kids and helping them to be successful in school. So that's kind of where we'll focus a lot of our future episodes is maybe narrowing down some of these specifics in different areas and some of the different things that worked really well. And one of the big ones, of course, is developing relationships with your kids. And if you start to build relationships with your kids and build some of those supports with your kids for them to be successful, you're gonna be surprised at what you can do as a building. So we'll get into more details in future episodes. And our quote tonight is, in order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it and not how you imagine their experience to be. And that's by Brene Brown, who's uh, getting a lot of attention right now. And I love reading her stuff and she has some great quotes and some stuff out there. So stay safe right now. Uh, continue to practice the social distancing as much as you can and carefully as you can. Keep wearing masks when you can. Don't forget to remember the power of voting. So if you want change, then you got to make sure to vote. And as always, keep promoting positive leadership. And remember, culture changes through successful leadership. So until next time, stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com.